Welcome to another mini episode of The Balance. I'm Catlin Tucker, and this podcast is produced by StudySync. So it's August, and for most teachers, that means a new school year is right around the corner. Normally, this would be a really exciting time for most teachers as they think about preparing their classrooms and welcoming back students, uh, probably having had a refreshing, relaxing summer, but this year is different. And instead of filling teachers with excitement about a new year and new beginnings, this school year is causing many to feel a deep sense of anxiety as they imagine preparing to welcome kids back on a hybrid schedule with all kinds of new protocols and restrictions around student movement and interactions on a campus. Or maybe they're preparing to yet again start the school year online in the same way they ended it. And given the fluid nature the pandemic, teachers have no idea what to expect from the 2020-2021 school year. They could quite easily start on a hybrid schedule and get bumped online. So in the last four months, I've worked with teachers all over the globe as they prepare for an uncertain fall. And what at least maybe we can take a little comfort in is it doesn't matter if you are in California, Ohio, South Africa, Senegal, or South Korea, everybody's freaking out about this school year and feeling anxiety about it. So I wanted to encourage teachers to take control of the thing that they can control in this situation, because there is a whole lot we can't control. And I know that is a really scary reality. We don't decide on the schedule. We don't decide on the rules. We basically get told what we have to do as educators, and then we have to kind of make it work. But the thing we can control is the design of our courses. And the teacher's role as the designer of an online or a blended learning course is a critical part of the teaching presence in an online or blended community of learners. And so when everything else feels out of control, the way we approach the act of teaching, the strategies we use to engage students, that's up to us. And so I think taking control of that thing that we can control can maybe make some of us feel a little bit more at ease or more confident heading into the new school year. So here's my recommendation. (laughs) I want you to spend time curriculum mapping. Now, I laugh because I know that is not a fun or like a sexy suggestion for how to spend your time. Um, I don't know any teacher who really loves curriculum mapping. I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know any of them. Um, But the benefit of spending some time really looking critically at our curriculum and kind of reimagining it for whatever the situation we're facing in fall might be is that we get to create a clear, more manageable roadmap for our work with kids in a blended or an online course. So instead of worrying about how are we going to cover everything we normally cover in our curriculum, I think teachers need permission to just not even try to cover it all, right? Trying to cover it all, even under normal circumstances, is like an exercise in frustration. Um, It's barely possible to cover the curriculum under the best of circumstances. And this year is going to be demanding on a lot of different levels. And so my message to teachers is let's look at our curriculum with a higher level of intentionality and figure out what are those most important pieces that 
we need to make sure students are able to understand or be able to do when they leave our classes and start from that point and not start from what we've always done. Because I've seen a lot of teachers who kind of look at the massive amount of curriculum that they typically cover, all of the activities and the assignments and the exams, and they start kind of plucking things out in an attempt to make it fit in the online environment. And what they end up with is kind of almost like the Swiss cheese scenario in terms of their curriculum, where they lack a lot of that kind of clarity and confidence because they've removed things and and it doesn't feel like their curriculum is as cohesive. And so I encourage teachers to kind of start with a blank slate and look at your curriculum afresh, meaning that I want you to start from a place of thinking about those kind of You know, we think of may-dos, must-dos in a classroom, right? Those must-dos in our teaching profession. So the first thing I encourage teachers to do is plan for smaller, more modular kind of chunks of learning. So plan modules that are going to run about two, maybe three weeks in length. This can help you to be nimble if you have to move from an in-class schedule or a blended learning kind of a hybrid schedule online at a moment's notice. Like remember March, we had very little notice. And so planning for shorter modules or mini units allows us to be a little bit more nimble as educators. Once you've kind of thought about how you're going to break up your curriculum into mini units, for each mini unit, you want to identify two, maybe three target standards that you plan to hit hard in that unit. Those are standards that, um, you know, you're likely to cover more than that, obviously touch on more standards, but these are the ones you're going to kind of hold your feet to the fire and say, I'm committed to making sure I hit these hard. I want students to understand this particular content knowledge. I want them to master these particular skills. Once you have those two to three target standards identified for a mini unit or a module, then think about how can you use those target standards to craft learning objectives that clearly state what students will be able to do or understand at the end of this two to three week module or mini unit. And ideally these are written in student-friendly language so you can share them with kids and students know what they're working toward as well. Once you have those target standards and identified your learning objectives crafted, then I encourage teachers to jump immediately from learning objectives to assessment strategy. So how are you going to measure what students know or are able to do, especially if you're working with them online? Um, I like to tackle assessment immediately after um, articulating those learning objectives so that I can make sure they're perfectly aligned, that I'm really designing an assessment strategy that's going to specifically measure the, the learning objectives for that mini unit or module. And I know that cheating online is a huge concern for teachers. So another suggestion would be to encourage you to consider embracing a more creative approach to assessment. So instead of a traditional test or quizzes um, that may include questions that students can Google um, the answers to, and believe me, if they can Google it, they 
quite possibly will. (laughs) So I'd encourage teachers to embrace performance tasks instead of those traditional forms of assessment. Um, Performance tasks that ask students to creatively apply what they've learned. For example, I like the idea of creating project choice boards that allow students some agency to decide which project structure would they like to use to demonstrate their learning. So maybe you have some kids who are digging into a topic, crafting a TED Talk, recording that TED Talk. Maybe you have kids who are creating a multimedia presentation to demonstrate their learning, or you have kids who are building a model, just allowing them a degree of choice and then asking them to creatively apply what they learned. It's a lot more challenging to pass off somebody else's work as your own in that kind of a scenario. After teachers have articulated their learning objectives and kind of thought through their assessment strategy, then I encourage them to consider what instruction or models will students benefit from hearing or seeing online. So teachers can decide what instruction all students need to hear and then create videos of those bite-sized bits of instruction so that students can control the pace at which they consume and process that information. They can pause a video, they can rewind it, They can watch a video five times, but you don't have to explain it five times, which is the beauty, one of the wonderful things, of using video. And then the video conferencing, those live sessions online, or even those live moments in the classroom can be dedicated to differentiated instruction or personalized instruction, where teachers are really focused on meeting the needs of a small group of learners or an individual student. And then finally, as teachers think about finishing off their mini unit or their module, they're going to want to think about those instructional strategies or building blocks of a lesson that they want to include in their mini unit or module to help students to understand key concepts and practice specific skills. And I wrote an article for Educational Leadership several months ago where I talked about the building blocks of an online lesson and how many of them are the same building blocks we would use offline. Things like direct instruction, discussion, review and practice, um, reflection and metacognitive skill building, research and exploration. All of that can happen in the online environment. It's just a matter of understanding what tools can we leverage to get those instructional strategies done online? And then what support might students need to navigate those instructional strategies online, right? Because participating in a text-based asynchronous discussion takes a very different skill set than engaging in a real-time discussion in the classroom where you raise your hand and just share your ideas verbally. So it might be worth kind of organizing the instructional strategies you typically use in a classroom and then considering what those might look like in the online environment. Though, as I said in a previous mini episode, when all of this stuff happened with COVID-19, less is more. I would repeat that mantra going into the new school year. Don't try to do too much as you're likely to overwhelm yourself and your students. Keep your focus narrow. And I wish you all luck navigating the beginning of the school year. And I will be back with future mini episodes trying to support teachers from afar with tips for navigating this unpredictable school year.
StudySync is committed to helping teachers find balance in their lives by providing them with a robust ELA platform that simplifies lesson planning, automatically differentiates tasks for learners at different skill levels and language proficiencies, and blends online and offline engagement to help students develop as thinkers, readers, writers, and speakers. As teachers navigate an online learning landscape, StudySync is hard at work creating resources designed to ease this transition. You can check out their remote learning resources, including their ready-to-use five-day mini-units, blog posts, and webinars, both live and on-demand, at studysync.com.